Welcome to Access Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Presented by Bridge Bank. Be bold, venture wisely. I'm Dan Permack. On today's show, what's next for WeWork's IPO and DC's turf battle over big tech? But first, So that sound is some of the tens of thousands of General Motors auto workers who walked off the job yesterday, arguing that they aren't being fairly compensated in light of GM's record profits. In short, auto workers believe that they made big concessions after the financial crisis in order to help GM claw its way out of bankruptcy. And now that the good times are here again, they want a bigger piece of the pie. Why it matters for GM? An estimated $50 million per day in lost revenue as its plants sit idle. Why it matters for the United Auto Workers Union? The organization has been beset by scandal and needs to regain the trust of its members. And why it matters for those members is that it's the most hopeful moment for consequential leverage in over a decade. Why it matters for politicians? Well, it's catnip. President Trump isn't taking sides, but lots of his Democratic rivals are. Biden, Sanders, Warren, Harris, Booker, Buttigieg, Castro, etc., are all siding with the UAW over GM, with Sanders going so far as to call the automaker greedy. What's notable, however, is we don't actually know yet what GM has offered or what the UAW has countered with. And that's also true for a lot of the auto workers who have been left in the dark. GM did put out a statement promising raises and improved benefits, but without any specific details. Moreover, almost everything we're hearing from GM, the UAW, and politicians is about the jobs of today, but not about what the future will look like and how any deal struck this week or next could be antiquated by the time it expires. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios Auto reporter Joanne Muller calling in from Detroit. But first, this. The Equity Fund Resources Group at BridgeBank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Offering banking services for funds, partners, and their portfolio companies, BridgeBank's financial solutions are designed for the entire innovation ecosystem and include creative credit solutions, robust treasury and cash management capabilities, and a suite of international banking products. BridgeBank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. We are joined now by Axios Auto Reporter Joanne Muller. Let's start here. It has been a long time since we have had a nationwide UAW strike. Why this one? Why now? There's a few factors, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that a decade ago, GM and the other automakers were in really bad shape. As you recall, there was government bailouts. The workers gave a lot at that time to help the companies get through. Now they're making really awesome profits, record profits, mostly off of pickup trucks and SUVs. And they're like, okay, it's our turn. Give us back some of the things we gave. We need to see some raises and better benefits and so forth. And I think that has a lot to do with why now. We'll talk about both sides. On the GM side, one argument you hear, and you hear it more from the auto industry in general, is you know car sales, sedan sales are way down. And there's this feeling that we are moving towards electrification, towards autonomous vehicles. And if you are an existing automaker, you have to be spending much more on R&D than you maybe would have had to 10, 20, 30 years ago. Is there validity to that argument? There's a lot of validity to that, but what makes it even, if you're the CEO or senior executive at that company, it's really scary because you're making decisions in the dark. For one, we don't know what the country's trade policy is because President Trump keeps changing his mind all the time. We also don't know what the fuel economy and emissions standards are going to be. President Trump wants to roll back the regulations. California is trying to push them forward. There's a lot of uncertainty about what 
that will look like. But then on top of that, you have, after a, a long stretch of improved sales, there's now a lot of signs flashing red that the economy is slowing and auto sales will be slowing. And you have this idea that we really don't know whether the public is even going to want electric vehicles or autonomous vehicles. So they are trying to invest for a future that they don't understand. And that makes it hard to be dishing out big raises to your workers. And if you're the union, and I'm thinking about the timing, you talked about how they gave a lot back, obviously, in the wake of the financial crisis. How much of this do you think is political? And I don't mean political on the part of the union, but I mean based on kind of the broader political environment, right? You've got GM specifically and Mary Barr specifically, the CEO, who have been slammed repeatedly by President Trump, particularly for moving plants outside. So maybe the UAW feels it's got a little bit more leverage than it would have in an outsourcing years past. Plus, and you and I were talking about this before you came on, there's a story in the New York Times suggesting that, you know, a little bit when we've seen kind of some successful teacher strikes in places like West Virginia, that that might have gotten the confidence of union members up a bit. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure that I necessarily buy that point, but I do think that we're heading into an election year next year. The automotive workers are always held out in debate, whether it's the president or any of the Democratic candidates, as emblematic of the working class American. And those workers, particularly here in Michigan, where I'm based, have been important swing voters in the past. It used to be that union workers and UAW workers in particular were always in the Democratic camp. But in the last election, I think it was close to like 30 percent went for Donald Trump, which was kind of a surprise at the time. Trump needs to keep that, right? He had a very narrow margin in Michigan. He needs to keep every one of those people. Absolutely. And I think they do understand that they have a little leverage politically right now to get the national leaders on their side. But on the other hand, GM is a lot smaller company than it was the last time there was a strike. And therefore, the whole strike carries less of an economic hit to the economy. And so their leverage, while the the biggest hammer that the union has is a national strike, like they've called yesterday, but it's a smaller hammer than it was in the past. We've seen a bunch of tweets and, and public comments from Democratic presidential candidates generally supporting the strikers. And, and you, you talked about that, how kind of, you know, UAW and Detroit auto workers are kind of held up as this pinnacle on both sides of the political aisle. But I'm trying to understand, I, I've seen things like, you know, Bernie Sanders, you're referring to GM as being greedy. Am I right in saying we don't actually yet know what GM has offered in terms of specifics, and we don't know what the UAW has countered with? Uh Well, so this is very interesting. For the first time ever, and I've been covering this for 25 years, GM actually put out an outline of what they've offered. But broad, right? They said raises. They didn't say what percentage or any details on it. No. And a lot of it is lump sum. They've kind of gone to this lump sum idea, an annual big check instead of a raise. And it's really fascinating. In the last 10 years, 12 years, they've actually only received two annual raises, you know, like a cost of living raise, which is shocking to me, you know, but they're well paid. There's no doubt about that. Am I right in saying those lump sum payments have been, at least a lot of them have been kind of tied to some sort of profit sharing calculation? That's a separate thing. So in other words, your paycheck, instead of getting an annual raise, you might get a $4,000 lump in your paycheck in your account the beginning of the year. And that's supposed to replace a raise. Now, at the end of the year, depending on how the company does, you get a share of the profits. And those payments have been 8 to 
$11,000 in many cases. So those are pretty nice payments too. Joanne, final question for you. Crystal ball for me a little bit. How long do you think this lasts? And as I guess as a piece of that, how much staying power do you think the UAW has right now to let this thing linger on even past the point where health benefits go away? My prediction is that it will be over by the end of the week. But we'll see. Over by the end of the week with who blinking? Oh, they all will claim that they worked hard to get the best deal. I think, you know, it's colored this time because there's some criminal activity, the indictments on union leaders, and they have to show that they are fighting for their workers because the workers are kind of annoyed and ticked off that some of their leaders were stealing their own money. So they have to regain their confidence. So they're out there fighting for every last dollar. Still, I think that what the stuff that GM has announced so far, I think, is the basis for an agreement. There's going to be a few tweaks here and there in the compensation. But I predict, I hope I'm right, that it'll be over by the end of the week. Thank you very much to Axios's Joanne Muller, whose Axios AV newsletter you can get at signup.axios.com. My final two right after this. The Equity Fund Resource Group at BridgeBank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Leveraging nearly two decades of expertise delivering solutions to emerging technology and growth companies, BridgeBank now offers services for funds, SBICs, and general partners including creative credit solutions, robust treasury management capabilities, and a suite of international banking services. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Be bold, venture wisely. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is WeWork, which was supposed to launch its IPO this morning, but didn't. Now I'm being told we'll need to wait at least a month. So what happened? Well, that seems to depend on who you ask, but everyone agrees that as of this past weekend, it was all systems go. Then maybe there were new problems with SoftBank, which had valued WeWork at a whopping $47 billion just eight months ago, and which plans to buy at least 750 million worth of stock in the IPO. Or maybe prospective investors were pushing for even more corporate governance changes. Maybe the company got giddy over its Q3 numbers and wants to wait for them to hit. What we know for sure is that not launching the IPO today means the next earliest date is probably October 16th, due to both the Jewish high holidays and needing to compile those Q3 financials. So for now, we work is we wait. And finally, DC regulators are fighting a turf war over their investigations into big tech. For example, the FTC chairman recently wrote a letter to the Justice Department's Antitrust Division complaining about Justice's probe of Facebook, which the FTC thinks is in its purview. Axios' Sarah Fisher this morning writes that as government agencies bicker, the big tech companies win. In her words, quote, multiple probes can help regulators cover the vast territory they've set out to explore, but any time and resources they spend fighting each other will only benefit the companies they're seeking to hold accountable. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Jesse Lee, have a great National Apple Dumpling Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.